0: You got to tell Good morning. Good morning. My Zoom friends, Monique. Welcome. Melissa. Welcome. Okay. You look great. Even if you're sick. I just want you to know. I don't know if it's a Zoom filters or whatever. I love it. You look sexy. You look beautiful. Of course, she's young, right? Hello, Danny. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Trish. Melanie Miller, did you love preparing this uh, podcast? You must be like me. Like, I was like, oh, my God. And that's why I said, oh, my God. And But it wasn't the kind of song I was looking for. Boom. Okay. Anyways, that's another story. Me listening to songs first thing in the morning. I have uh, always songs to pep me up. And I love today's podcast. Actually, I love, love the book Leaders Eat Last. And we're in Chapter 4. Yeah, but, you know. I read it. I read the title of chapter four and it it reminds me of my kids. Yeah, but yeah, but anybody with their adolescence when like, oh my God. So I was really intrigued to see what Simon was going to say at this level. Uh, So I said to myself, what am I going to write down in the intro? that's gonna allow me, Maria Mariano, 40 years in multi-level marketing business, to take this information and bring it back to my company. So it's the way a little bit I prepare the podcast. Yes, for you, but remember why the podcast was born? Because I wanted to be accountable to read one book a month by taking notes and integrating the book. Now, you know, Trish, we all say that, but we don't do it. So accountability is the key to success. So by putting the podcast together, I became accountable. And remember, as you grow your personal yourself, as you grow yourself, also your finances will grow. So I can never grow more in business, in my finances, if I don't grow as an individual. So my notes to grow as an individual we'll go like this this morning, okay? Before I leave you with, in the hands of Melanie Miller and Marie-Pierre Tetreault. Just before we move on, what do we need to do? Share, share, share! So if you're on Podbeam, please share. If you're on Zoom, open your Podbeam and share. And if you're on Facebook Live, still open your Podbeam and share. We get brownie points this is what we call a one for three <laughs> one person three share oh anyways okay so what an amazing thought listen to this because i'm going to repeat it at the end of the speech right what an amazing thought to love our jobs say yes those that i see on zoom okay what an amazing thought to feel safe at work never even think that you're ever going to lose your job yes Yes, and you get an automatic pay increase every year that matches the inflation rate, (laughs) right? Okay, what an amazing thought to work for a company that actually cares how I feel and that actually cares about my family and that actually cares about the work I do, like between us. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Okay. So. Keep that in your mind, because I'm going to come back to it later. And I looked back um, before I dove in today's subject, what was one of the first lessons I learned so far in the last three chapters? For me, what I wrote down to bring back to my Salesforce is that empathy is one of the most powerful tools in an organization. The true price of leadership is the willingness to place the needs of others above our own, yes? Did you get that so far from the podcast? Okay. Then I said, Maria, what else are you taking away? Because we want to bring our business to 280 million, right? doesn't matter, number one in the world. This is why it's very important that you never aim a position because you risk to not reach your highest capacity, right? So I said to myself, what's the number two thing? Well, your sales force, or if you're working in a company, your employees are not robots. Treat them like people. Yes? Did you take that away so far? Right? You can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can't do nothing for him. So how do you behave outside, you know, the way you treat? Like sometimes you say, I don't treat Melanie Miller well because of what she can bring me. I treat everybody well, whether I'm at Costco, whether I'm, you know, gassing my car, like You have to be that person who actually cares for people, even for those that bring you nothing. Did you take that away? Okay, what else did I take away? Lesson number three, being a leader is like being a parent. How many times we say in our business, mommy, we use the word mommy, right? And it's always funny to me, but it's so true. Once the leader starts seeing his employees like a family, the culture of the company shifts from working to caring, right? And the the other lesson I wrote down that really hit me was create a circle of safety. That was yesterday's podcast. Like for me, yesterday's podcast is going to be part of my director's speech on Monday. Okay. And I'm actually going to record it. I'm telling you ahead of time, Melissa, the intro of Monday's Power Hour in French and English, we're going to record it and send it to the directors. I'll talk more about it to you later, right? There's a safe environment within the circle while dangers and threats are outside this is exactly what we've been living since covid there's a huge amount of threat outside and what we've been trying to do and keep doing is providing a circle of safety where our leaders feel safe within tonight in my speech you'll see monique how um with, with, with um, Jean-Philippe's stress with qualifying for the Mustang this month, I need him to feel safe and other Mustang qualifiers this month. We created a challenge for seven days that is absolutely mind-boggling because that's, that's our job, okay? Make them feel safe. And today, what I wrote down right away is a lesson for me, n- nothing to do with the podcast, but for me as a leader, is we are built to work together. Like remember that, if, if you are in my multi-level marketing and you're working alone, you're not meant to work alone. I mean, it's multi-level marketing business, working alone is hard work, man, let me tell you. And if you're working in an office and you're working alone, you don't care about everybody else, it's going to be hard work. So the, here are my notes for today. Like all of these lessons are great, but the reality of life for many managers and employees who are stuck in bad companies, in bad culture, becomes a culture, unfortunately, of me, myself, and I. Okay? There are very few leaders who strive to make the work environment safe. Okay? Again, what an amazing thought to love our job. What an amazing thought to feel safe at work. What an amazing thought to think the company really cares about us. Because if that was true, this is where collaboration will be the number one rule. So if I finished my job, Melanie, I'm going to go see Melanie Miller and say, hey, Mel, I finished. Can I help you remove some load off your back, even if it's not my job? you understand? But that cannot happen because, sadly, in many companies, they don't make their people feel safe. Okay. So work becomes, well, just work. OK, I've got to make my sales numbers. I got to meet the minimums. I'm stressing out. I got to feed my family. So people stay even when they don't like their jobs, even if they actually I'm going to use that word hate their jobs. That is a pity because having a job we hate is often much worse for our health and our families than having not having a job at all. And finally, I said to Melanie Miller and Marie Pierre yesterday, I can finally articulate Why I have been able to be a full-time career woman where I work a lot and still have an amazing family, an amazing relationship with my husband. I mean, pretty much I I think my relationship with Mohammed is just getting better and better over the years. Okay, maybe the sex is a little bit. You know, I just have to mention that. But but the rest is phenomenal. You understand? No. Anyways, we have a French joke. I cannot translate it in English and I won't go there because Melanie Miller is going to get mad at me. So I won't do it. Okay. And, and now I understand we can finally articulate if you want to be better for your family, you've got to be happy at work. If you want to be better for your couple, you have to be happy at work. So wait until Melanie Miller explains that. And still, even when we know that, listen, even if I'm telling you this right now, you're still going to stay in that job you hate. So convincing ourselves that that the danger of staying in, in a job that we hate is less worse than quitting that job is wrong. And that's when I'm going where I'm gonna leave it off to my doctor, Melanie Miller, the scientific proof about control and stress with the Whitehall studies and other studies. And Marie Pierre is gonna give you the tools today for two things. One, to detect, are you happy at what you're doing? Because sometimes you're doing things, but you're not happy at them. You'd be better off doing something else, okay? And two, she's gonna share with you how to get out of it. Aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? I'm excited, I'm excited. Melanie Miller, take it away.
1: Okay, thank you, Maria. And yes, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about the Whitehall Studies. And just to put this in context, in case you don't know, Whitehall is a uh, a street in uh, London, which is the seat of government. It's where all the offices are for um, all of the employees of government. So the Whitehall studies uh, were very interesting. Now, there's a popular belief out there that the more... um, responsibility you have, the higher up the corporate ladder you go, the more it's related with more stress. In fact, they even invented, um, a, a executive stress syndrome to describe the stress that executives have. So, um, you know as scientists will they wanted to check whether this was actually true so they did a study where they wanted to look at the difference between the corporate ladder and stress well not the difference but what the effect of was the corporate ladder and um what they actually found was that uh contrary to popular belief instead of it being uh, worse as you went up the ladder, it was actually stress was higher in the workers who were further down the ladder, right? So why would that be? Well, because it was all related to the amount of control people felt they had in their
0: positions.
1: So, um, and just to put this Mel? in context. Yeah.
0: Mel? Uh, Put down your sweater, because I hear your microphone rubbing in your, that's what I always do myself. So now I hear what I hear like sometimes. There you go. Because I love what you're saying. Okay, so I, uh, good. Okay, good. We're done.
1: Okay. (laughs) So, um, put this in context, all government employees in the UK have exactly the same health benefits. So they were actually able to do a direct comparison between what their health was compared to their level in a position. And uh, it was quite clear that the lower positions had much worse health than the higher positions. And then this was confirmed with a study in 2012 from Harvard where they looked at the stress of participants who were in an executive MBA program. Now, to be in the executive mba program you have to be successful so they compared their levels of stress to the levels of stress of people who hadn't quite made it and what they found was exactly the same that uh the stress levels in people and this time they did it by measuring the amount of cortisol that was released Uh, because that's a stress indicator, they found that those people that hadn't reached the higher levels were under bigger stress and releasing more cortisol than the people lower. And what is bad about this is stress is directly related to your health. So your health is worse if you're more stressed. So you might say, well, there's a good answer to that. I just need to get higher in the hierarchy and earn more money. But of course, that's a flawed solution because there's always going to be people lower in the hierarchy and with lower um, benefits. So the ultimate point from the studies, both studies were this sense of control we have over our work will directly affect the health we have in our lives so would it how would it be if all work environments were safe and supportive well people would be empowered people would have control and instead of waiting for approval for things they would go about their work and they would have the ability to make decisions they would be able to work in a safe environment. So if we know this, why don't we change? What, why do we continue to do what we do? Well, the reason is simple, because people fear dangers from outside, more than they fear dangers from inside. So, while ever they're worrying about what might happen to the company, they they fail to look internally and say, what is happening to my people? And so, um, you know, we even see this with primates that in one of the, the social groups that primates operate in, actually the head man has way less stress than the rest of the people the rest of the primates in the group so in um, in 2010 at the end of the year uh, mercer llc which is a human relations company did a study and they found that 33 percent of people wanted to leave their job they didn't like their job The sad thing was that only 1.5% did something about it. So that means like 31.5% of people were in jobs they hated. And uh, there are two problems with this. One, that that many people are unhappy in their jobs. And two, that they see the only solution is to quit. But that's not the only solution there is another solution there's a solution to stay and make the work environment better as leaders we need to protect the people in our circle we need to build a safety circle we need to um, do that because when it works everybody will pitch in in the hard times and everybody will celebrate in the good times if you're not happy at work you're not going to give extra when things are tough that's more likely that you're going to quit so um, confirming what maria said a study from boston showed that a child's welfare does not depend on how many hours they spend with their parents It depends on the state of mind of their parents, so that if you are unhappy in your job and you bring that home, you can spend all the time you like with your children, but basically you are destroying their well-being. So uh, we need to be uh, conscious of that. We need to understand that our jobs influence our effect on our families. Saving numbers in terms of money rather than saving people is not okay it is possible to change it is not difficult it's just biology and i'm sure we're going to find out more about that but today mary pierre is going to give you some very useful um guidelines as to whether you should be sticking it out at your job.
2: <laughs> yes, thank you, Aileen. So yes, there's 10 signs that it's time to quit your job because yes, deciding to quit a job is a is a significant moment in your professional career. And while it's normal to have challenge at work, feeling a deep and lasting dissatisfaction towards your job is worth exploring. So let's start with those 10 signs that it's time to quit your job. So number one is that you are underusing your skills. So although often comfortable, a job that does not challenge you is one you should consider leaving. Because staying in this type of situation may limit your growth potential and may also lead to feeling of complacency or frustration. Number two, it's you are not following your passion. When you are passionate about your work, it creates a greater sense of purpose and fulfillment. And it also often result in higher rates of productivity, improved outcome, and sometimes a feeling that you are not even working at all. So without this, work can feel monotonous and more like a job than a career. Number three is the work environment is unhealthy. An unhealthy work environment has implications for your professional and personal happiness and it's a sign that you should quit your job. Example of an unhealthy work environment will include a punitive or controlling management practices, a distrust and dishonesty among senior leaders, public shaming or harassment of employee and ineffective communication. Number four, there are no opportunities for growth. When there are no longer opportunities for growth in your organization, it is usually time to move on. Opportunity for growth are not limited to promotion or vertical advances in an an organization, but opportunity can also come in the form of working on a new project, learning a new branch of business, being mentored by a senior leader, or taking on the mid-level leadership position. Number five is your ethics are being compromised. So anytime you are in a situation that requires you to compromise your ethics and our decision-making, it is time to leave. This is especially true in a professional setting because of the potential long-term implication for your career. Even if the compromise feels necessary to survive at your current job, compromising your value can negatively impact your ability to get a future job, as well as your moral and sense of pride in the meantime. And number six, if your values are not aligned with those of the organization, so it's related to your passion and compromise ethic. If your personal values are not aligned to your organization, it is likely an indicator that you need to leave. Number seven is there are substantially better opportunities available at another organization. So even at jobs that are comfortable with a positive work environment and supportive colleague, if there are substantially better opportunities at other organizations in your field, you should consider quitting to pursue them. And this includes opportunity for higher salaries, career advancement, a broader professional network, or a professional fulfillment. Number eight, it's you need a more work-life balance. So although a strong work ethic is a positive strength, and yes, overtime work is inevitable, if you find yourself working consistently, it's a sign that it's time to quit your job. So working an excessive number of hours per week without adequate work-life balance can have a negative consequences for your health and well-being, as well as your productivity and work quality. Just like we talk about, yes, it's good to work and sometimes uh, work a little bit more, but you need that work-life balance too. Number nine, it's you dread going to work. So if you get a pit in your stomach uh, when you think about work or lose sleep at night because you're feeling anxious about going to work, it may be a sign that it's time to quit. You spend a large chunk of your day at work, and if your time off is spent dreading on your return, it's likely to start affecting your physical and mental health. And number 10, you wouldn't want your friend to work there. So if you wouldn't recruit your friends to work at your company, then why is it acceptable for you to be working there? You often want the best for your friends and family. So if you don't think your company is good enough for them, consider that a sign that you should quit. So if you have at least one of them, it's time to explore what you can do. So yes, there's after that, (laughs) it's a great thing. You know that you want to quit, but do you? can you afford it to quit now? So maybe not. So there's 10 things you can do when you hate your job or you know that you would want to quit your job, but you can't afford it to quit now. Now you can know what to do at your uh, current job. So number one is to find any autonomy. So find something that you can do uh, at your job that it will require more decision-making from yourself rather than from your boss. Because I know for a lot of people, if we ask what do you exactly hate about your job? A lot of them will answer my boss. So. Make sure that you have some autonomy in your job. So find tasks that you, are, uh, you can do more just for yourself. So decision making from yourself and not from your boss. And number two is to body up. So every bad job has one de- redeeming factor, the coworkers. So there is a certain pleasure you can get anywhere else from standing on a break with your work buddies. And when you can help your colleague, it will bring you joy and it's one way to feel fulfillment at your job. And that feeling of solidarity can be beaten anywhere else. Number three, it's free your mind. So one of the best thing to do when you hate your job, but you can afford it to quit now is to find out the meaning of life and enlightenment. So once you know this, you can be happy all the time and find the perfect job that will shower you with money but how exactly do you find this meaning (laughs) you've been searching for? Yes, you can use meditation, you can use positive thinking, it can be visualization. So just free your mind, won't make your new job magically pop up, but it will clean the slate for finding the kind of work that will make you truly happy. And if that's not possible, and you're absolutely going to be stuck at your current job (laughs) for at least a few more years, freeing your mind will at least make you more fulfilled overall number four it's look after your body because one of the biggest mistakes people make when their job is wearing them wearing them down is to forget about the bodies so if your job is destroying your mind and soul you can just focus on feeling better and trying to be happy so one of the best things to do when you hate your job but you can't afford to quit is to optimize your physical health so eat well exercise Stretch regularly, practice good hygiene, and pay attention to how you look and dress. So this will not only make you feel emotionally uh, better, but it will also make you feel physically better. It will bring you into your body and out of your head. Number five is to maximize your life outside of work. So if your work, you don't like it now, it doesn't mean that your whole life has to be like your job, garbage. No, it doesn't mean that. So you can, if you not, uh, if you can quit now, and your job is not negotiable, then you need to focus on what's still in your control, and that is your life outside of work. So. Whatever free time you have, even if it's just an half an hour, you should work to maximize it. So go for a jog in a small window of time, do a tutorial online that you love, plant flower in the garden, and enjoy some sun. So maximize your life outside of work. Number six is to write it down. So the truth is that many uh, that people that get mentally and physically destroyed by their job, they hate, it's because they and they can't figure out how they even end up in them in the first place. So if if you want to make sure that you can get out of it, it's time to write. So if you are dreaming to have a better job, so start writing. What exactly do you want in life? So don't hesitate to write every day something that you want in life. What do you want for your dream job? so of course we will tell you about the conditioning program because it's something that you can use to have goals every day goals for the week goals for the month it goes for the year for five years and ten years so you can know exactly where you are going so you can write it down every day number seven is to save what you can so the one of the best thing you can do is to focus on saving money so if you can't afford to quit it means that at least you're making money now so you and hopefully you break even so if possible you're even making an extra a little bit extra so have some way you could try to save some money from this job so those savings can be one day the cushion that allows you to do something new with your life number eight is to start aside also so if you don't have uh, that money that you can save uh, every week, start a site of all. So maybe it will be to uh, start an MLM. Maybe it will learn to, uh, how to fix uh, a vehicle, just like uh, Maria's dad when he started here in Canada. Or maybe it will to start a uh, winning cake business. It's your choice, but even if you don't have much time, starting a side hustle can be a way to get ahead of the rat race and it will help you to build those savings and will also provide you some mental and emotional breathing room when your job has not especially as you especially down. Number nine, that's the hard word uh, <laughs> embrace stoicism. I think I, I hear it uh, at least five times to make sure I said it right. <laughs> Stoicism. So in, it's an ancient Greek philosophy that basically teaches patience and strength in the face of adversity. And one of the smartest things to do when you hate your job, but you can't afford to quit it, is to also embrace an, a fairly patient mindset. Sure, you want things to improve, but you also acknowledge what is beyond your control and learn to let that unchangeable burden make you into a stronger person. And number 10 is don't underestimate delegation. So another one of the common reasons why a job can become enterable is that there is too much on your plate. So by delegating and sharing the workload, you can lighten your own burden and make sure that the results are better. So, it's a win win for everyone. Someone can help you so they have that feeling of fulfillment. And for you, you know that the results are better. So, you are feeling better
0: uh, at the same time. Oh, Marie Pia, you got to print this for me. Okay. Anybody else here going, oh my gosh? Okay. Like, wow, wow, wow. Just, Just to close off the podcast, and please think about it this weekend, okay? Where do you position yourself in all of this? The documents are going to be on the group, inspirational, uh, Facebook, the millionaires of the diamonds. It's a bilingual group. So if you're anglophone and you fall on a French article, keep scrolling because you'll find the English one right after. And it's also a group. If you feel like sharing something, doing a live, go ahead and do it because it's, it's, it's a safe group. We're, we're a community that we're building to help ourselves level up and each day work on being a better version of ourselves. So in conclusion, leadership is all about taking care of people. That's what it's about. Leaders are not responsible for the numbers. That's not my job. My job as a leader is to take care of my people to give them value, to build them, build their confidence, build their self-esteem. And in turn, they will take care of the numbers. They've got it all wrong. Like, unfortunately, this 21st century, they've got it all wrong. So let us be the leaders we never had. So instead of criticizing your boss or your upline, say, well, if I were them, what would I do? And guys do it. Stop bitching. Do it. Mm, Okay. I just, you know, sometimes we just need a little bit of more hardcore. Be happy by taking care of other people. I know Melanie In the times where, you know, business was not going the way you wanted it to go. You were always extra helping me out. I mean, this is how it's done, because as you help somebody else out, it's clearing the cobwebs in your head. That's what it's doing, okay? So think big and take care of your people. All right, guys, we love you. Off to the French podcast, so we close Podbeam and we restart it again with the French. And if you haven't shared, continue to share. Bye-bye, everyone. Happy weekend. And my Anglos, I'll see you tonight. I'm on fire. On fire. Okay, Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.